And we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. I know last weekend was unreal weather-wise, and I know this weekend it was beautiful. I was out in Bridgewater enjoying the cottage, sitting on my hammock, sitting on the dock, not thinking about work, just easy living. It was an absolutely beautiful getaway, much needed in the summer. Before you know it, August is going to be over, September, October, November, December, Christmas. It's just all flying by, so weekends like this when the weather is beautiful I try to slow things down put the phone away and enjoy what's in front of me so I hope that you enjoyed your weekend as well uh, just as much as I did on the way back this morning it's Monday morning I'm doing the intro at uh, 11 o'clock here in the morning our podcast with Greg is at 12 and I probably woke up this morning at 6 45 started driving back into the city at 7 and I was cruising and I got pulled over by a cop and the cop he was a nice guy he's like I, I you know he, he didn't even give me a, a ticket. He just gave me a warning. We actually ended up having a nice chat because I had a Montreal Canadiens t-shirt in my back seat and he saw it. And he's like, hey, good win for you guys the other day. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And I told him, I was like, oh, you know, you guys are doing a great job. I know you guys have had a lot of flack these past couple of months and, you know, you guys are going through a tough time. But they did a great job during the shooting here in Nova Scotia. And I, I just wanted to tell him. I don't really talk to cops every day. So I had an opportunity to, to talk to this guy for a sec, even though I was in a rush to get back to the city. But it was kind of nice just to, you know, take a second and say thank you for your service and I appreciate what uh, what these police officers are doing for us here in Nova Scotia, especially this summer. It's not an easy job what they do, and they do a great job here in this part of the world. So that was my morning story, getting pulled over and having a good little conversation with the cop. It was, it was good. Um, today on the podcast, extremely excited about this one. You know, Monday morning, you want a good podcast to start the week. You want to just, you want to get after it. And our guest, Greg Dobson, he, he started the Jordan Boyd Foundation honoring Jordan, and they raise funds for the inherited heart disease. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID this year, they have had to cancel the Jordan Boyd uh, Foundation tournament, but they're not stopping in total. They are raising funds by selling hoodies with the limited edition off-season 2020 hoodie. All proceeds go back to the cause, and it's incredible what Jordan uh, what jo- the Jordan Boyd Foundation has done, Greg, Jordan's family, what they've done and able to raise money and essentially help spread awareness, not only in this part uh, of the world, but across the world. It's incredible. Um, so I'm extremely excited to have Greg on the podcast. Greg believed in us, maybe 20, when did we first go there? I think it was two years ago. We were there for the first time and they gave us all access, let us, let us interview anyone we wanted. And this was just when we were coming up. So we're forever indebted uh, to the Boyd family for allowing us to come in there and, and do what we do. So when uh, I found out that the tournament was canceled, they asked if uh, Greg could come on. I didn't hesitate. Of course, Greg could come on and talk about what's been going on this past year and what they're doing to uh, to keep moving forward with this beautiful thing that they're doing uh, with the Jordan Boyd Foundation. So without further ado, this is the interview that we are doing with Greg Dobson. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Greg, we are going. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I think this is the first time we're ever going to be able to talk to each other for more than like 10 minutes because every time <laughs> you're at the rink during the yeah. tournament, your head is just spinning. I know. I am uh, like a chicken with my head cut off. It's uh, it's crazy. Like day of, uh, like it's like I'm a deer in headlights. It's, yeah. <laughs> every, I'm, I, every time I'm like, Greg, what room are we in? You're like, oh, that one just down there. I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you later. And you're yeah. just gone. I it's, love it though. That's what, how you got to be during those moments. It's fun. At the same time, it's like there's so many things that I just don't remember from that day because I'm just running a mile a minute. So you're yeah. just constantly going and it, uh, 
but uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun though <laughs> well, let's talk about the organizing of the jordan boyd foundation and the tournament because there's so much that goes into it when we you know when we came there for the first year we were blown away by you know how many yeah. people were there how much you know the whole bmo was taken over oh yeah you know how do you how do you handle it i guess you know like the first time like when i thought about what we were going to do for something like this yeah Initially, I was like, well, maybe I'll do a 17-hour game. There was a 24-hour game that went on at um, the Dartmouth, uh, I guess, uh, not the fourplex at the time. but RBC uh, in Dartmouth? There was a game in Dartmouth. I forget which rink it was at, but okay. it was like a 24-hour game okay. um, that existed before we even had to come up with an idea. And so we thought maybe a 17-hour game is like an ode to his, his number and... And then I was like, you know what? Like, there's no way that I could last on the ice that long. Uh, you know, so I said, you know, um, you know, let's do uh, a couple of teams. We had enough guys that were interested, and I happened to be at a mutual friend of um, my my sisters, uh, and and Brad happened to be there that night, and and Andy Bodnerchuk as well, and we just chatted about it, and they said, yeah, they they joined. So first year, I kind of put it together in six weeks with you know, some volunteers that helped kind of with the logistics and then you reaching out to different people. Um, it was crazy. And since then I've been able to partner with QE2 foundation and they have an incredible team that like, this is what they do. So, you know, like they host events for a living. Oh, yeah. Like this so is how like, they, yeah. They're like, this is how we're going to run our schedule. This is how we're going to deal with sort of volunteer, you know, assigning people to do things. Cause yeah. oftentimes I'd be like, we have all these volunteers, but I'm like, what can I get you to do? Yeah. Um, event management is such a crazy business um, that I, you know, doing it from a volunteer standpoint, I had never been exposed to it. And I said, you know, this can't be that bad. And, you know, so I jumped into it and then quickly realized I was in over my head. Um, so there's a, there's a team that's led by um, Diana McDonald there. And, um, uh, you know, there's probably four or five key people on their team that they, sort of uh, divvy up most of the tasks Um, and then Diane and I would work together on you know kind of the the overarching planning of things and then day of execution they have uh, you know a network of volunteers that we can sort of tap into and kind of just goes like clockwork now it's uh, such a well-oiled machine but for the first like you know year or two it was a little bumpy along the way but but yeah now it's nice and smooth you ever sit back in like these past couple of years and go wow like i, th- I heard it was like eight hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars that's been raised somewhere around there yeah so and especially with what we've done right now like we we put out this off-season hoodie we did um some fundraising sort of around you know this past weekend when the tournament would have been and i think uh, with johnson uh, insurance matching uh, up to twenty thousand that may have just pushed us over 900,000 total um, since we've done it. But, uh, you know, the last like year or two, I think I, I just took the mindset of, okay, like when you're on the ice, like really enjoy it and soak it in. And, um, cause I don't think I did that as much the years before. And, you know, I'm like a kid before Christmas when it comes to that tournament the night before I can't sleep. I'm up at five o'clock the next morning. I have like my gear packed. I'm just pumped and ready to go to the rink and uh you just find an energy that uh, i didn't know existed or like no amount of coffee could you know <laughs> could recreate but yeah, yeah. um you know the last year especially it was uh um pretty incredible just to have you know everything kind of happen with a team from beijing and you know our first all female team and um you know just the different pros that have been able to be involved over the past couple of years like i would have never in my life imagined that 
it's been able to grow as it has. So. Oh, you couldn't guess that. Like who no. would, who would have known? You know, no. you just hope for the best the first year, and then you yeah, you know, you look at it now. Absolutely. I wanted to thank you because I remember the first time we ever did it was two years ago and you know we were we were doing our thing we were somewhat yeah. relevant but not to where we are now and you you let us in with our cameras and not yeah. a lot of people were back then and i remember we had a meeting at some bar downtown and you talked uh, about what we could oh, do yeah. what we couldn't do and i never really got the chance to thank you like oh, man yeah. to man so i do want to thank you for no everything problem. that you, you let us do there it was uh the past two years and, and the relationships that we made there was a lot of yeah. pro hockey guys that we met that we uh got to have on the podcast later so i just i wanted to thank you for that of course you know i, I really appreciate it it's um i think it just goes to show like what the community's like you know for us so many people have been willing to help us so to introduce us to pros to you know introduce us to you know people who can come and volunteer their time whether it be you know chris waugh from a, an equipment uh, standpoint yep. he has you know sharpens the blades of all the pros he's got stuff there on hand we have you know medical um people who are who are there and and just being able to have people help us so to you know i think meeting you guys like instantly there was like a you know these guys are nice guys they they you know are passionate about the sport and and being able to meet people who are interested about the story and and willing to be able to like share that with other mm -hmm. people I think was important and um, you know it's one of those things where I think when it comes to working with any of these pro athletes people can be very protective because you know you need to be respectful of you know their privacy and that's a fine of thing. line yeah. so like as long as you can kind of have people who are in that space that you know know sort of that sort of boundaries and that sort of thing and, and you guys immediately knew that and and brought a you know a level of color commentary that just didn't exist quite at the tournament yet and it was a lot of fun the way that you guys engaged with them on the bench was yeah. hilarious so uh it was a perfect fit yeah, yeah it was a fine line we were trying to balance too because like, you want to remember jordan you want to have a little bit of fun you yeah. want to you know you just it was a fine line to balance on i thought we did a good job with it we, absolutely we did good yeah um I want to talk about the, the the goal with the fundraising of the money and, and what happened to Jordan and the, the passing of him and, yep. and making sure that that doesn't happen again in rinks across the world, I guess. Yeah. I'm not really sure of the medical condition and what it, it's called yeah. and what happened. And, and I know that the furbulator, what am I, furbulators? Uh, or, defibrillator. Defibrillators. Yeah. You want to have those in rinks across the world. Yeah. Talk about that. Like, What's the goal of, of the tournament and what you want to raise awareness for? Yeah. So, so I'll kind of start with what, what Jordan had and and we really didn't find out until afterwards um you know a blood sample was sent to Harvard really? and um was analyzed because at that time Jordan was 16 healthy didn't eat any fast food didn't you know he was drinking coconut water he you know was very regimented in his training yeah. um tra uh, trained with JP um and oh, a lot he? of the the other pros here in Halifax running up and down Citadel Hill with a weighted vest you know, dry land a couple times a week on and ice a couple. That's times the a week. scary part about it is you that know, he was a tip-top healthy person. Oh yeah, that's scary. And, and no known family history. So, um, and oftentimes, like there are things like that, like sort of like sleeper conditions that are you know under the hood, so to speak, and yeah. and you just wouldn't know until oftentimes it's too late. So, uh, he had a condition, and it's called ARVC for short, but you know the long medical term is arrhythmogenic right ventricle cardiomyopathy okay. so basically what happens is your your right ventricle will sort of build up uh, scar tissue that sort of closes over time until you know a, no an episode happens yeah. um there it's not 
Like it's about 20 or 30 years old in the medical community, which seems like it's been around for a long time, but in the medical community, that's still a relatively new disease. Um, no known cure for it. Um, it's just something that you have to sort of monitor and, and that sort of thing. And, Interesting. And sometimes when it comes to prevention, um, having a defibrillator um, put into your um, your heart, if your heart goes to stop and it just sort of automatically gives you that boost yeah. and then you would immediately go to the hospital, that's kind of the only preventative measure, measure that you could take. Yeah. So the goal of the tournament really started out with, hey, like let's donate to you know, heart research and, and, um, sort of started very broad, um, didn't anticipate even in our first year, I think it was $108,000. We had no idea that we were going to raise that much money, um, or that this would continue on so long. And, um, so the goal really became funding research for early detection. So, you know, what are ways that you can be able to, uh, find out if there's some sort of an irregularity in someone's heartbeat or something to be able to catch it that much sooner um, or if there's testing in like a league or something like yeah. that. There's There's been cases where that's happened. And um, so aside from that, we also focus on, you know, getting uh, uh, defibrillators out to rinks and having them sort of uh, accessible. And, and one of the things we did recently was partner with EHS, um, and have a permanent, uh, it's called a save station. I've and it's seen them. down right by where, um, uh, the beer garden is on the waterfront. Okay. So that is there all year. Um, it's got like a heater in it that keeps it warm during the no winter. Way. So if anyone's ever on the waterfront, uh, and you know, has a cardiac episode, essentially what happens now is EHS has this registry that says, you know, call 911 and they'll say, okay, where are you? I'm here. Your closest defibrillator is 100 meters from where you are. Go grab that, and it's you know it's designed that way. Someone who's four years old could use it. It's it's that simple. Wow. Um, it tells you what to do. You know, you put this lead here, this lead here. You wait, you press the button, and it does all the work for you. So the goal is basically, while you're waiting for paramedics, that could potentially save someone's life. So the combination of heart research with you know doctors like uh christy mcintyre the qe2 she went down to the mayo clinic down in boston um part of our funding uh she went there and uh she had been in boston for a while she left halifax she was working in in the states uh and then the funding that we did through the qe2 was to put her through this accelerated program to be able to learn about this condition and then come back and commit to staying in halifax so we brought that talent back, which is something we're super proud of. Absolutely. So, um, you know, there's some really cool stuff with the research that's going on. And then aside from that, um, the ability to put those defibrillators out as a uh, another way to be able to sort of potentially impact someone's life. It uh, uh, It's really the focus that, that we're doing with all the funds. It's interesting how don't get me wrong it relates to sport but there's a part of it that doesn't like if you, if you let's say you're at a cottage and there's no oh, yeah. hospital anywhere near you know it would be nice if one in every 10 cottages had a defibrillator with them That's you know the like you, oh yeah like it, it it's it's in businesses too yeah you know like um one of the big things when i started learning about this all they talked about this study that came out in the 80s of like the weekend warrior so like guys in their 40s and yeah. 50s playing weekend hockey um and at a higher risk of having a heart uh, disease or 
um, something that they didn't know of and, and having sudden death happen and um, those sort of things. And just the awareness that this all brings of people to say, if you know of any sort of known family history, get that looked at. If you, you know, are sort of feeling a little unwell and, and there's some weird symptoms, get that checked out. Don't let that go. Um, most of the times when it comes to ARVC, it's asymptomatic. So you would not know until it's too late, but, um, it just, it just means that more people are talking about and thinking about it top of mind. And, um, that's that's kind of the goal at the end of the day. I mean, it's such a re- rewarding feeling for you. That must be like I know there's a lot of people helping you, and there's a lot of things yeah. behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. But the feeling you must get when you're able to, you know, send a, a doctor to Boston and, and learn for a couple weeks to come back to Halifax and start researching on how to solve a disease like that's incredible. That's it's, unbelievable. It it is. Um, it's one of those things when you're in it, you don't really think about it. But you know, there's times where I've sort of sat back and you know, the day that that you know everything happened thinking that you know six seven years later people across the country know jordan's name uh and and can take his story and use it as a way to you know save lives i think is is something that to me means that his his legacy is something positive and you know i always wanted jordan to be remembered and, and we as a family always did um and and it's tough when you lose a loved one because, you know, there's that sort of natural grieving process. And, and over time, you, you know, you don't necessarily get back to normal, but you you sort of develop new routines and that sort of thing. And they're always there and present. But, you know, the tournament has found a way for us to sort of reconnect with him every summer in a way that's very unique. And, and um, you know, to see pros or people playing the sport that he loved with smiles on their faces with with his name on their chest um there's nothing that can describe just how amazing that feels whenever we do have a conversation about the tournament off without the microphones you always bring up brad and the marchand family and how much they helped during the tournament i was wondering if you could talk about brad because he's been there since the first year yes yeah so um you know, Jordan and Brad knew each other when, when they were uh, really young. Oh, did they? Um, okay. So Brad would have been playing in, in Moncton. I think we went up to see them in the Memorial Cup one, one oh, time. Yeah. Um, uh, he went to high school with my sister and, and Jeff and um, uh, a number of those family members. We would have sort of known them just from being in school together, that sort yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Not super close, but, um, you know, part yeah. of the hockey community. And, um you know, one time, and we still have it in our basement, Brad had the uh, Moncton Wildcats the year that he was there sign a stick and give it to Jordan. And, Sick. you know, he lit up. Um, he gave us his, you know, hockey card collection as a kid, which is, we still have at home. It's unreal. Um, so it was just one of those things that that inspired Jordan to play. And uh, eventually they ended up training together briefly at, at one point with JP. And um was so cool to see that and the success that Brad had found as as being a hard worker, you know. He was a guy who wasn't drafted high overall and and was someone who, you know, really worked to get where he is today and and that shows um that work ethic can, you know, sort of oat uh value just natural skill and um I think that's something that he instilled in Jordan just from Jordan watching him and Um, so him being involved, like donating his time, it's been amazing because, you know, that's a guy who's, you know, rose to the top of, of the NHL and, and I'm sure is constantly, you know, um, asked to be involved with a a bunch of things. And, um, you know, when he's there, uh, 
we you know we only see if he can play a few games but he doesn't want to get off the ice he wants to uh you know play and and i think two years ago uh at one of our tournaments he had pre-checked his luggage at the airport knowing he had to fly out that day yeah just so that he could play longer on the ice and just rip out to the airport and uh he didn't want to get off the ice until he scored a goal and uh it was getting kind of close to when he had to leave but uh it just shows like those guys have a lot of fun that day, and and there's a lot of people that he probably would have grown up with and played with, you know, yeah. over time there. But um, it's amazing to see just those guys and a number of the local pros, you know, how yeah. they come out and support us, like uh, O'Brien, um, you know, Liam and and his family, and Sean is is kind of like a mentor to me, and um, it's something where it's it's pretty cool to see just how those guys can really rally each other together and and do something amazing, and it's you know, a day of their time and a little bit of hockey, what that can do, um, yeah, blows my mind. They always said it was, I think it was Logan Shaw who said, like, you know, all summer we're training, it's so hard, it's competitive, we're on the ice with Sid just going nonstop, and that one day just to have fun and enjoy hockey and come yeah. together as friends and not competitors, he said it's just it's, it's one of the best days of the summer for them. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's something where, you know, it's – the tournament started out as – kind of just like a fun tournament the first year and then since then it's gotten a lot more competitive the skill level has gone up um and there's some of those pros who like when they go out there like they are chirping each other and they want to win and uh, um seeing them compete especially when it comes to the all-star game oh yeah just just some of the comments that they you know do back and forth it's hilarious like that competitive nature doesn't stop yeah but uh they're having a lot more fun with it for yeah. sure how has yeah. your life changed since all this has, has any aspect of your life changed like maybe socially opportunity wise like maybe it might show a skill set of you're being able to organize things able to, to to i don't know bring pros from all over the world like you know i remember james neal came one day and yeah came in from calgary i was like how did the hell did greg yeah. pull that off how did he get him here like you know it's it's like, funny like with the pros it's taken a lot of work and a lot of emails and phone calls and just fingers crossed um, that you'll get through to people um you know it's you know i work in marketing and so there's skills that sort of apply to this and you know the side of the tournament a lot of the you know design or sort of um different concepts it's it's just in my sort of wheelhouse and it's something that i really enjoy so um i think that's kind of helped me sort of develop some skills from the tournament to then use in my job definitely I find. definitely um it's made me feel a lot more comfortable dealing with people bigger situations um you know from a social standpoint i've had people recognize me just from like hey you're with the tournament or you know you're jordan's brother and i don't recognize their face and they weren't necessarily a participant but they were someone who came out that day yeah and that's it's kind of interesting because i would never expect that and sometimes it kind of catches me off guard it doesn't happen very often at all but um you know there's one or two times where just i was kind of speechless or dumbfounded because i had no idea that someone would recognize my face um but uh it's it's interesting like i think it's um you know helped with a lot of the guys sort of around the rink like people might know the tournament now and, and that sort of thing but not a huge change like you know it's just uh and not something that i would you know expect um there to be like a change uh, either but uh i think it's it's definitely sort of helped me get more comfortable like dealing with media and that sort of thing and speaking That's a big and thing. Yeah. um you know it 
there's there's definitely some skills that I've learned from it or things that I've brought from my job into it and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to you know transfer any sort of hockey skills. Hey, you're uh, out there. That's you know, the most important I'm thing. Out there, you're out there. Oof, I'm wheezing, but it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's fun. We're always in this time of the summer, though. Beginning of August, everyone has the beer in them. It's it's not a good month to be in shape. It's, you know, it's rough. Um, <laughs> and usually I get on the ice. So I'll play like two or three times a week now. And the tournament kind of re-sparked my love for hockey because yeah. I would play once a year with the tournament maybe the first two years. Oh, yeah. And I'd play a couple times before, and that was it. And now, since the tournament, like I play two or three nights a week and can't get enough of it. Um, and I think it's kind of just made me fall in love with hockey all over again. Yeah. Um, which, um, you know, I think is great because it's just, you know, that connection of being on the ice and, yeah. and that sort of thing. It's, uh, you know, a lot of fun. It's a beautiful sport. I get away from yeah. it too. I hate, you know, there'll be, you know, six months I won't be on the ice and I'll hate myself for it. Come oh, on, yeah. Justin, you got to get back out there. Cause yeah. it kind of reconnects. I don't know. Whenever I get back out there, I just feel like a kid again. Not oh, that yeah. I still think I'm a grown kid to this, like, right now. But, like, when you're out there, you just feel like, you know, your, your dad's up in the stands tying your laces or something. It 100%. just brings back uh, nostalgic memories, you know? You it's... hear ACDC playing when your team skates You're going to be excited and you're going to be skating with an attitude that, you know, if it was quiet, you wouldn't. And it's funny how that works out and and how that can kind of change the dynamic of how you're playing and um you know, I recently started playing goalie just because I said I loved goalie gear design as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved playing road hockey goalie, and I said I'm never gonna do it if I don't just get the gear. And uh, so I did, and uh, it was a rough start for sure. Um, getting a little bit better at it, and Ben Scrivens was kind of like showing me some pointers. And I love that guy; he's really nice. He I met him a couple times. He's a incredible, he's a welcoming person. I know, you know, he's just oh a good yeah, guy. and he had an incredible. Um, uh, He's put out some really good statements about, like, some of the things that have been going on sort of in the hockey community and yeah. and maybe sort of um, what's been going on, you know, in the States and around the world right now with some, some key topics. And um, he is brilliant and such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he... Uh, he was having a few laughs there because I was uh, obviously new to playing goalie. And so, uh, you know, he was trying to help me out. But uh, it's fun. I just, uh, yeah, love doing it. So I remember the first time you introduced me to him, actually. No, I wasn't nervous, but I was a little hesitant to just tell him about high-button sports. And he just straight up asked. He's like, what do you, so what do, you do? What, what's the HB on your microphone for? And I talked yep. to him for like 10 minutes. The guy, like, actually cared. It was, uh, you know, you, you hear people ask questions and they don't really listen. But this guy... He actually cared and like an NHL yeah. goalie it was a cool it was a cool little conversation yeah nice he's, guy. he's definitely like a, a different um you know a different breed when it comes to those uh, pros because he he's experienced so many different things you know sort of playing for different teams playing overseas playing in the Olympics because of everything that happened yeah um so his experience and then from a you know um, academic standpoint you know he was very smart at, at uh, Cornell where he was. And, oh, he was at Cornell? His, I didn't know that. I think, I think it was Cornell where cool. he met his wife, and I think she was a goalie as well wow. and ended up playing for the New York Riveters, I think was their team. Okay. Could be wrong. Um, uh, Jenny, and um, basically they uh, came into it and just have such a down-to-earth personality yeah. and like instantly were like, these guys would be fantastic to have come yeah. back every year. And yeah. funny story with him was – 
you know, we went to take a photo and I was like in between games and I was starving and I had a muffin in my hand. And so I, there's like four or five photos with my hand behind my back holding a muffin or like a muffin kind of here. Like, and uh, anyways, he saw those photos and it became kind of like a funny joke where, you know, I'm just sitting there like awkwardly trying to figure out what to do with this muffin because I didn't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, anyways, it's, uh, yeah, some of those things are, you know, fun memories that you'll kind of keep for forever. That's I guess. hilarious. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up Jordan as a person. My yeah. uh, my mom owns a spa in Bedford, and she was telling me a story when he passed that he came to the spa once or twice to get a massage because he hurt himself in hockey or something yeah. like that. And my mom told me he was just – for me, I think he was 15, maybe 14 at the time. He was young. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom just said that he had a personality unlike any other 14, 15, or 16-year-old. He was confident when he walked into the spa as most you know teenagers head down. Hey, I'm here for my appointment. And yeah. my mom just said he was, he was just a different kid when it came to his confidence. Talk about him. What was he like as a kid? I never met him personally. He was funny. So, you know, he and I, um, you know, sort of our dynamic, we had two older sisters and, you know, he and I were kind of like the, I don't know, I guess we'd be, you know, the troublemakers like in in the household where we'd kind of like, you know, he and I would wrestle or we would, you know, be outside playing hockey and, you know, just come in and terrorize our sisters, that sort of thing. And Classic um, brother. Oh, yeah. 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 So, uh, um he and I were always sort of, uh, we had a lot of fun with hockey and that sort of thing growing up and playing mini sticks or, or whatever. And, um, then it got to a point where like his skill level in hockey just like surpassed mine. Like (laughs) he met Brad and then he just took off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Like I just remember one time he and I were playing shinny, uh, at Christmas when he was home from school in Rossi and we went to play and he was on one team and I was on the other because we figured it'd be kind of fun to play together. And we did one day and it was fun. But we played against each other one day, and, you know, I always played defense. And there was one or two times where he kind of came in, and uh, he just undressed me, and then he just kind of gave me a wink, and, like, I was getting mad, as the older brother does. But then the next play, uh, and I had to laugh at it, he started in the other end and skated backwards and, you know, got around a few guys and made his all the way back into me and then kind of just turned around deked around me and scored and i just had a laugh because i was like that is pretty funny and and that's when i realized i was like 1v1 it won't work you know, anymore it doesn't work anymore maybe in like ro- like road hockey or yeah, something yeah, but yeah. like i don't stand a chance so uh he just had a, a fun um you know uh he had a lot of charisma he he loved to make people laugh and whether that be like singing terribly to a, a song to to get someone to smile or um, you know, come up with a funny joke or do an impression or something like that. He, he always found a way to sort of like light up a room and, um, he was very confident at, you know, sort of later on as he got, you know, closer to like 15, 16. And I think part of that was, you know, his experience going to Rossi and and being able to sort of be on his own and sort of live independently there and, you know, meet some of those guys. And I think that was an amazing experience for him. Um, because he sort of came back a lot more mature and it's a common um, thread of kids that go away at a young age and come back. They're just, yeah. And handle like, themselves. you know, he could kind of be like a little douchebag for a little while when he was like 13 or so when you're, when you're like that yeah. and then he goes off and then he comes back, you know, from Rossi very mature. And I was like, Oh geez, like, <laughs> what, like what happened? It's like, mom, like, you want me to take the garbage out? I don't mind. Like, yeah, well, like it went anything? from like, yeah. I'm going to rat you out on something to like, Hey man, like I'm 
driving you to a party. I snuck like a little bit of something in here for you. So I like, love it. You know, we won't tell mom. I'll pick you up in the morning and get you an egg McMuffin and be on your way. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was uh, it was good. We we established a really good bond. But yeah. uh, and and he loved doing stuff for the community too. You know, he um, threw his teams and that sort of thing. And and um, you know, there's a photo of him up in Bathurst with this like little kid at their sort of like media day when he got drafted and. Um, really cool because it was something where, you know, he was just playing mini six with this kid and he was helping him score and and it's that kind of polish I think that a lot of those pros do, mm. you know, when you see how they interact with young fans yeah. and and there's sort of like that, I don't know, like component that you know exists in a hockey player that he developed and and seeing him develop that it was really cool to see as as an older brother because I became very proud of him because you just saw how he was. Progressing. starting to to yeah. move into that direction and it was really neat yeah it's a cool thing when you're able to see that professionalism from a young kid we see it every now and then on the podcast when the kids yeah. come in they go away at 13 14 they come back and you know yeah. they they almost sound like a man they're just yeah. you know here's like who's who I, here's who i am and i'll portray that right now on the podcast it's a cool and it's a yeah. rare thing too especially oh, yeah. at that age there's um there's something uh, it's actually liam o'brien's dad talk to me a little bit about this he was just on the podcast great podcast great guy great guy um and sean had talked about this concept of uh, royal jelly what's that and it's uh, it's basically it's something that you know you kind of develop it's not something that you just have it's something that you you know you you know earn or, or work towards and it's essentially that sort of notion of you know those players who are really good with fans and do good in the community and and that sort of thing. Having that royal jelly is like oh, that. Oh, see, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, yeah. positive thing that someone's able to do and yeah. be polished and and not necessarily be that like typical stereotype that you'd see of like oh this yeah. guy's you know not a great guy or something like that. Yeah. And um, he he talked about that a little bit. And it was something he told me uh, once, and and I I thought it was a, a great analogy for you know a lot of those. Um, those guys and i think i wrote it down it's probably in my phone as a note is like what it means and you know i just kind of kept it there as like a reminder as like a you know do good things and you know help other people and and things will kind of work out it's a common well, not really a common thread but it's a when we're talking to sean about the his scouting side and what he does he says that when he looks at players on the ice it's pretty easy to tell if he's a player or not a player but the real challenge of a scout or an agent is to see if the person you know, cares if they're yeah. a genuinely good human. Because you know, there's a lot of people that play hockey that you know think they're entitled and above, and you got to bring a guy down and make sure that he, you know yeah. he treats people the same. Everyone's equal. Absolutely. And uh, it's a it's a cool thing when you're able to find someone like that. And and that's the thing. Like, there's there's plenty of good hockey players who get drafted to the queue and and go up there, and then they're there for a couple of weeks, and they're like, this yeah. isn't for me. Like, yeah. you know, doesn't matter how you know naturally talented they are or or hard worker but they just don't want to do it or maybe the personality just doesn't quite match and yeah you know it's funny the the first question usually is if i've interviewed someone and someone asked me how the podcast was it's not how was the podcast it was see a good guy yeah it's not how was the podcast he's a good guy right oh yeah he's a great guy yeah oh yeah it's that's the first question people always ask that when it comes to the tournament they're like so yeah so what about this guy or that guy and and everyone always asks about brad because I think people have met like Andy Bodnerchuk and you know Liam O'Brien, a lot of those guys from you know the local community, and you see them a lot more, and and people know that they're good, solid guys. But you have a guy who lives in Boston and 
and is in you know that top sort of level of the NHL. So people don't quite know, but I think people have really seen through the NHL or through the tournament what he's like outside of the NHL in a really positive way. You know, he comes to the rink and you know uh, he walks around. It's not like he needs to be sort of escorted through. Yeah. You know, you know, back he'll be out in the lobby. Things. He'll be out there just taking pictures, meeting with people. Yeah. Um, he's taken videos before. Um, there was one year uh, he couldn't make the tournament. He, he sent a video. And, um, you know, it's something where that kind of thing and, and just what he's been able to do with the tournament too. Like, you know, you see a side of him that I think he doesn't get a fair, you know, reputation in the NHL. Like his job is his job in the NHL. He does it very well. Skin and yeah. he, that's how he makes his money and, and he does it super well. Um, but his personality is something where I think people just associate that with how he plays on the ice and uh, through the tournament, like people who have been involved with the tournament or, or participants have really gained a lot of respect just seeing how solid of a guy he is. And, you know, a guy who, when he's constantly training, going back and forth, has a, a small family as well. And, um, you know, all of those responsibilities carves out a, an entire day of his, his busy schedule to be able to give back. Like, that says a lot about someone and asks for nothing. Mm. Um, you know, he uh, is one of the nicest people I've, I've ever met when it comes to, you know, someone who's at that sort of star status. Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, absolutely honored to be associated with him in, in some regard. Um, yeah. I'll tell a funny, it's not a funny story, just a cool story. When I was back, because the guys are in the Moosehead dressing room, yep. and I was back there just doing what I do, and uh, there was one player that, it was at the end of the tournament, and someone, not even a player, I think it was just someone, that was like, all right, Brad, like, let's go. And they wanted to go out the back door, so they didn't have to deal with everything out front. And Brad was like, no, 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 I'm going out front. And yeah, they yeah. walked all the way up front, even though there was probably... 200 people there maybe waiting for him yeah and he easily could have just went out the back no one was stopping him but he's like no i'm going out the front yeah it, it, it was just, incredible it was a, i wouldn't have done it like i'll tell you like he was and that's the thing he was signing autographs all day all oh, day yeah. and to even at the end he just goes no 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 i'm going out front it was very cool and very professional of him to see it was, it's it was one of those good. things where you see him do that and it's like he could be inspiring the next you know young kid who wants to then make it to the queue or beyond yeah. that or or that sort of thing and and I think it 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 means a lot and and people love our local players but you know when there's you know someone like that that's willing to do that it 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 really speaks volumes to their character and I think um, he does a really good job of that. Yeah. yeah. So what's the plan with these hoodies? What's going on? Where? Yeah. You, what's, so, what's going on? So this year it was tough. You know, back in March basically when everything started to shut down and, and the NHL and, and all of that. And, and we knew that there was no way an event with multiple teams and fans and, and especially pros given the, you know, unique yeah. circumstances around the NHL, there's no way we were going to be able to do it. And it's tough because when you're in this kind of space, it's, you know, you don't want to lose any momentum um, building into the next year. And, and we heard from a lot of people and, you know, they too wanted to be able to do it, but, you know, knew that we couldn't. And so, we figured there's there's got to be something that can still raise funds because that work that needs to be done is is still there uh, regardless of the tournament and and the research and um, you know treatment of, of people with inherited heart disease it, it's you know forever there so we figured you know let's do some um, you know see what we can do in terms of uh, donating online but we created this custom hoodie 
and essentially it's got Jordan's initials and it's got, uh, you know, in the JB, it's got a, you know, a, a stick in there just to sort of tie in the hockey um, piece and, and the message being, you know, hockey is heart and, um, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of our off season. And basically when you purchase one of these hoodies, um, and it goes until August 5th, so this coming Wednesday. Okay. Um, it's a pre-order, so when you buy a hoodie, you get a tax receipt. Um, so when you're doing your taxes, it's it doesn't just count as, hey, I'm buying a hoodie. You actually get the taxable benefit as well oh, through okay. the QDU Foundation. So that's great. Yeah. Um, and then um, we'll do local pickup for anyone who's around here. Um, my mom wants to be really involved and, and be able to sort of wave and say hi to the people who that's have nice. sort of supported. So, so we'll do something like that. And then... Uh, anyone who needs uh, it shipped somewhere um, sort of around Nova Scotia or uh, one of the Atlantic provinces, um, you can sort of pay the shipping fee and then we'll sort of work on that and, and get that out to those people. So okay. the sweaters are super comfy. Yeah. Um, they're um, they're going to support a great cause. And, and it's something that just sort of keeps us sort of in the minds of people to say, you know, we're, we're not gone. We're, we're going to be back next year and, you know, it gives me a little bit more time to sort of decompress the summer and, and figure out, you know, how can I reach out to some other folks and, and, and make next year even bigger and better. So um, it's uh, it's a, a great thing that, you know, QE2 and I have sort of worked together on and, yeah. and I'm really happy with how it, how it went. Where can people get the hoodies? Where? Yeah, so it's uh, jbchc.ca, so Jordan Boyd Celebrity Hockey Challenge, yeah. just the initials of that, yeah. .ca. So, um my uh, my Instagram handle uh, is uh, Mr. G Dobbs, uh, M R G D O B B S. It was a nickname when I worked for uh, Red Bull back in the day, and it's kind of stuck. Red Bull, um, you can get some Red Bull up in here. I'd love some Red Bull <laughs> yeah. up right here. Yeah, we'll see if we can reach out to some of the guys <laughs> and get that set up. But um, I have the link in my bio, and then um, it's just H K Y Challenge on Instagram uh, for um, the uh, the tournament Instagram, and and we have a link there too. But nice. uh, yeah, you get the taxable benefit and a, a wicked hoodie. They're sixty bucks, um, uh, and basically everything goes uh, to uh, directly to the QE2's Inherited Heart Disease Clinic. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be great. I love the relationship with the QE2. It must be you know a solid backing, knowing that there's a, a you know a hospital like QE2 just there to help along the way. It's a, when you said that they help outside of the medical aspect and the event planning aspect, like that's. Uh, it must help a lot. It's one of those things where I think people don't realize just how much they do um, to support us. And, you know, there's a lot of foundations that are out there, and, and we used to work with other ones in the past. And um, when we met the QE2, it was like, for us, it's we're not always that grieving family. And, and you don't always want to be seen that way. And, and, you know, people can sort of look at you with, you know, that kind of pity or, or something. And, you know, you, you don't always want that because it's – it just brings up those bad feelings and that sort of thing. And, you know, we're trying to find a way to sort of do something positive and, and channel that energy into something great. So QE2 always looked at us as, you know, a, a group of people who wanted to make change um, in, in heart disease. And um, over time, over the past, you know, five, six years, they've really become an extension of our family. You That's know, awesome. members of their team have come over and had dinner uh, with us. And, you know, they, they know my mom super well and my dad and, and they can sort of, you know, chat with them like, you know, friends as opposed to, you know, Colleagues. Mr. Boyd yeah, and yeah. Mrs. Boyd, that sort of thing. And, you know, it went from 
building a website for the tournament, which is not a small undertaking. You know, being able to process payments and donations and emails and all of that. You know, they took on all of that, and they have a social team. Um, So um, if if they do listen to it, Emma, Jared, um, uh, Diana, um, there's a bunch of their team members who I'm super thankful for because without them, uh, I just don't know if I'd be able to, as it's grown, be able to handle how much there yeah. is to do with it so isn't there a big plaque in qe2 there's like a wall so they or? they created um it was probably a year ago or maybe a year and a half um they created a a mural that mural s- essentially um it's yeah a whole wall it's got a, a big photo of jordan photos of the tournament uh, a write-up about jordan's story and, and what we've been able to do uh, and then it also focuses on Dr. Martin Gardner, who leads the Inherited Heart Disease Clinic. So, who went um, down? Is that the girl who went to Boston? So he would be oh, sort he. of the the head uh, of that clinic, and okay. he would have sort of worked with her, um, you know, to give her that funding to do that. And cool. Um, so there's a there's a few doctors that are there that um, I think another thing is a lot of people don't realize that we have some of the best uh, heart doctors in all of Canada, what? right here in Halifax. Do we? When I went through, because I went through a, a couple surgeries myself at the QE2 really? after Jordan passed, um, and it was something unrelated. So I have the the gene for what he has; it's not active, but I had a another random condition called Wolf Parkinson White syndrome, and basically my resting heart rate was like 200 BPM, crazy. Is that high? That's high. I don't Super know. Super high. Okay. So like you should be a lot lower than that. So like if I were to, at one point, like let's say like an average is like I don't know between like i don't know 80 and 100 or something like that is that like normal My, I'd, oh I'd you're maybe. guessing okay yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like i was like double what what you should be like what someone if someone was like physically exerting themselves i was there at a resting heart rate and i went out for frozen yogurt with my sister and i felt like someone was trying to punch their way out of my chest oh man went in it was about 17 hours of surgery the the two days ended up being um first surgery of its kind in canada second of its kind in the world and dr gray was the guy who kind of fixed me up and um forever forever thankful uh, to him for what he did um but uh i had the uh, option to potentially uh go to toronto and and do things there but their team there is so knowledgeable in advance that you know i stayed in halifax and the care that i received um, was amazing and and you know essentially they saved my life too so you know being a someone who had someone pass away being a patient and having gone through it but also a fundraiser and supporting the cause I've seen so many different aspects of what the QE2 does um, from so many different perspectives and it's truly amazing if you you know sit there and think about it of of all the things that they do that people just don't know about i'd love to have one of these yeah. doctors on the podcast i know nothing about the medical community and when it comes to heart disease but i'd love to sit here for an hour and just like listen to one of the best doctors in the world talk you know that would be that would be crazy we should do that definitely you have yeah. like his number and stuff like if you after Absolutely. like i'd love to have him on yeah like this no, week let's do it that's really cool yeah. well um uh well because that's another way to spread awareness it's like I'm not donating any money. I don't have anything to give. But like, if the guy can come on and talk oh for God, an hour yeah. about what to do to try to prevent heart disease, why not? That's helping people. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's about getting the message out there, and it's tough because oftentimes it's what's the right medium to do that, and and sometimes it just doesn't reach the people that would be, you know, our age or younger who are playing hockey yeah. 
and it's you know going to other people it's 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 good to sort of cast that that net pretty wide so absolutely yeah would love to help you know Sweet. setting that up plans for the rest of the summer what are you doing you know um a little bit of a i just started a new job uh, oh no way where at what uh, can you say oh yeah i'm uh, so i'm marketing manager at clearwater no way um, congrats so, yeah, man that's awesome. right down the street from my house which that's is great. sick i just um before this i was in a you know marketing agency with 90% of my clients were travel and tourism, and most yeah. of them were down in Miami. So. That's on the Bedford Highway, Clearwater, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know so, someone that works there. Uh, I'll tell you after, but yeah, that's yeah. sick. Yeah, so I'm loving it, having a great time. Um, it's good to sort of work on that. I'm going to take a, some vacation in August, and then uh, my wife and I are going to go up to Cape Breton in September for uh, uh, one of those bubble getaways. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess a, a cousin sort of related on my mom's side who – just got uh, drafted by Bathurst uh, oh, by yeah. chance. Who? Uh, Lane. Um, Lane. I don't know. Hinkley. So he played on our team, but he just signed with them too. So he'll end up playing with them next year. Amazing hockey player. At 14, he was like as tall as I was <sighs> and just dominating for our team, which our team's not very great. So like hey. he was the one guy scoring goals and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we needed it. But, uh, you know, his parents own um, uh, this uh, – uh, sort of destination up in um, Cape Breton that has uh, these sort of domes that you can stay in that I've overlook seen the them. cliffs. Like Airbnb things? Or, yeah. Yeah, I've Amazing. seen them. Can't yeah. wait to do that. They literally look like bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. But like the insides, like hardwood floor and stuff. Yeah, I've so, seen it. Uh, can't wait. So I'm just, uh, yeah. for the most part, I'm just sort of enjoying my time, um, you know, just kind of getting outside and that sort of thing, yeah. go for swims, that sort of thing. But yeah. Uh, you know, itching to get back on the ice. I did one uh, session with like maybe like ten guys at Coal Harbor Place, and oh, yeah. just felt weird. And yeah, I was a little stiff uh, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear like, you. The ankles hurt after. You're just oh, like swelling bad. up. We had one guy who uh, he really was out of shape, um, and uh, probably two minutes into it, he was like, "I'm gonna throw up." And did he? He did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was funny, but uh, and we knew it was because you know he overexerted himself and probably had like a burger before he showed up at the rink. But it was still equally as funny. Um, we went on with like the pro. Uh, Brendan Sonny was out there, so he's pro. But then other like top end junior guys. Oh, yeah, where's with he the... playing this year? Sonia? Yeah. Where well, was... I don't know. I'm he not was... allowed to say. Like he's oh, going to yeah. announce it, but I'll tell you after. But. Um, awesome. He, uh, but dudes went out with them, and I don't know if you know Matthew Doodle, like the other guy, yep. you know Matt Doodle, yep. well, he's just not the guy, he's in good shape, but he's not in hockey shape, and we went out there and filmed and mic'd him up, and it's incredible how good these guys are, not even like skill-wise, but just cardio-wise. Oh, yeah. Like, from the beginning of the practice to the end, they were going 10, like yeah. 10 speed. Yeah, incredible I've seen him how play good a these few times are. now, and uh, he played in that um, uh, fundraiser that Jill had put together for the Barho family. Oh, yeah, I forgot about and, that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. wow. Is he ever good? Yeah. And even like Jill, like her stick handling and skating is incredible. Like Olympic athlete, uh, yeah. obviously. And, you know, she uh, and him, like watching them play hockey together, it's yeah. amazing just how much talent is in that family. And I just yeah. wonder, like, you know, I wish I could have got just a little bit. I know, just know? a little bit. But they make it look so easy. Yeah, hey, just a little whoop, whoop, yeah. goal. Sean's very proud of Brendan because Sean drafted Brendan in the Junior A draft back in, like, 2010-11. Oh, wow. And, uh, like, he was on the fence of, like, still playing hockey and quitting, and he ended yeah. up still playing, drafted him, and look at him now. Yeah. It was, like, a cool story in the podcast. Yeah, I followed him on Instagram, and I've, I've watched, like, a little bit of, like, I, I guess the last season that he played, and um, 
Yeah. yeah. Really, like, a tough guy, too. Like, you know, he can throw down if he needs to. you got to make a name for yourself. That It's the guys that play hockey that are the first-line guy in junior and midget and Bantam, but then they hit that pro level, and then you have to almost switch your game in order just to make the team in order to yeah. fit. Because there's how many guys in the world are that Stamkos, that Crosby, that Marchand that are going to yeah. be the first-line, second-line guy. It's a rare breed. Oh, so the yeah. guys that are able to look at their situation and go, all right, I'm going to alter to a third, fourth-line guy and a, maybe a second-line guy one day here, those are the guys that go pro, and those are the guys yeah. that end up making money. Oh, yeah. Like, that's sure. how you do it. But it's sure. tough. That's a tough, like easier said than done. Oh yeah. Like you got to put your ego aside. You got to put so many things aside in order to better the team. It's and it's like same with business. Everything's like competitive, you know? right? Like oh, within yeah. the team, outside of the team, like you know between yeah. the pro club and you know the farm team. Like it's just yeah. There's so many things that would push you to want to be like, no, I want to be that first line yeah. guy or something. So. You need a little bit of luck too. Marchand said it best. Yeah. He's like, in order to make the NHL, you need a little bit of luck. You got to have guys yeah. that get hurt and then you got to take advantage of your opportunity while that guy's hurt. Yeah. I remember going down to see a game. It was like a, in Boston, in Boston. Sick. And, uh, he had dressed for warmups that year. It was like, I think it was like 2008. So it was like right before they went, Yeah, maybe eight or nine. He was still a Providence. He dressed for the warmup, but then he didn't play that game. And, uh, then the next year he ends up winning a cup with them and i was like look at that like how quickly something can change but what's amazing is that things can change really quickly but then guys can kind of fall off yeah he just has gotten better and better like the last two or three years where he's been sort of up there with sid and nate with scoring like that's wild it's incredible i've beat this horse to death like yeah. we talk about it all the oh, time yeah. how like lucky we are just to have these three guys in our backyard it's crazy. crazy it's a it's a really cool thing when we had bonner chuck on and he was telling me like childhood stories and his competitiveness growing up it was yeah. cool another solid guy yeah. yeah real happy to have him on like real solid guy yeah and he's never home either he's always away so the fact like that's another great thing about the podcast right now is everyone has time yeah you know everyone's home oh, everyone yeah. has time like five days a week we're doing podcasts yeah. so like we're very fortunate right now and I don't know, like like you said at the beginning of the podcast, that to have something in this part of the world is a great thing. When it comes to the Jordan Boyd Foundation, yeah. you know, who knows if it would be this successful if it was in another place in the world. You no. know, like the, yeah. and Jill said that about the the Bajo family skate. Yeah. Who knows if it would have been that successful if it wasn't here in Nova Scotia. That's true. You know? That's true. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I agree. Um Greg, I want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. no, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's uh, I've watched a lot of your guys' episodes, so it's kind of cool to actually be here with like love the it. mic and everything. So, yeah, no, it's great. Welcome back anytime. Whenever the tournament comes back next year, you should come on like maybe a week, maybe two weeks yeah, before. Let's do it, and then like get a little promo something going. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll get you hooked up with one of the the doctors. In the yeah, meantime. like I want that this week. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, we'll um, we'll right. we'll chat about it. Last minute of the podcast is yours. So if you want to thank anyone floor is yours you don't have to but if you want to go for it sure um you know past six or seven years we've had a a community that supported us you know through a really difficult time and through donations people showing up people participating pros volunteers um some of our incredible sponsors who have been with us for five or six years every year they just say yep we're in um you know that is something that to me is i i owe a debt of gratitude that i don't think i can ever repay um, uh, you know, folks like yourselves and, and other media outlets who give us the opportunity to tell our story and, and share that um, is something that, you know, we're super grateful for. So uh, basically anyone who uh, might be listening who's been involved with the tournament or doesn't know about it, um, take a look and, and learn a little bit about it. Come out maybe next year when we have it. Um, but thank you to everyone for 
um, you know, what we've been able to do so far. And, and I look at it as the community has been able to raise this, you know, 900,000 or so, so far. Um, it, it's not just us. It's, it's really what, uh, you know, people donating 20, 50, you know, 10 bucks here, um, doing a little, uh, bake sale. Um, it's, it's amazing what the community is able to do. And, and it's something that, uh, has extended our family, uh, tenfold. Awesome. Greg, well said. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, Everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, what's today? Monday. Get after it. Enjoy the week. Have fun. Stay safe. We're out. Peace. And spend the night